0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The truth hurts. It's not always—it's not always an easy thing to hear, and it's not always an easy thing to say either. In most social situations, it's actually best not to speak the naked truth. But sometimes, speaking the truth is important. And Jeremiah lived in one such time. The people of Israel had fallen away from God over and over again. And now the word of the Lord has come to Jeremiah to warn the people of the coming Babylonian exile. God was punishing his people for their spiritual adultery. The people of Israel didn't want to hear it they had other prophets to listen to. False prophets who gave them easy lies and excused their sins. So when Jeremiah comes along, speaking the painful truth of God, the people are angry. To the authorities in Israel, Jeremiah was a troublemaker. Someone who had to be dealt with. Someone who had to be silenced. So they beat him. They mocked him and they put him in the stocks overnight so all the people could see his shame. It is right after this that our text this morning takes place. O oh Lord, you have deceived me and I was deceived. You are stronger than I and you have prevailed. I have become a laughing stock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision. All day long. Jeremiah spoke God's truth, and God's truth hurt. People didn't like it. They beat him, they shamed him, they imprisoned him. Even his friends turned against him. For I hear many whispering, Terror's on every side. Denounce him, let us denounce him, say all my close friends watching for my fall. Perhaps he will be deceived. Then we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. Speaking the truth of God is not going to win you any popularity contests. Because the truth hurts. People will turn against you for speaking God's truth. Maybe even your family members and close friends. So the prophet Jeremiah here had a choice. Either keep preaching in the name of the Lord and keep being beaten, shamed, and imprisoned, or just stop. Don't preach in God's name, and all of this would go away. All he would have to do is nothing at all. So which will it be, Jeremiah? Will you preach? Will you say, thus says the Lord? Or will you just stop? Jeremiah was not the only man in history to face this question. A couple thousand years after Jeremiah, God's church is in a Babylonian captivity. Not by actual Babylonians, but by false teaching. The Roman Catholic Church holds the monopoly on Christianity, and this Roman church is the new Babylon, and the church is held in captivity by her false prophets, But there's this troublemaker, an angry German monk who's writing against the false prophets of the Roman Church. He's even written against the Pope, who held a lot of political and religious power at this time. And so this angry German monk, Martin Luther, was declared an outlaw and a heretic for his teachings. Now, being an outlaw at this time was a pretty big deal. If he was recognized, if the authorities saw him, they would arrest him. And being put on trial, he would face the Roman church. And they tended to deal with heretics by means of stakes and fire. So if Martin Luther was caught, he would be killed. Just like Jeremiah, Luther had a choice to make. Either keep preaching and teaching against the Roman church or just apologize and stop. Just recant and all of this would go away. All that he'd have to do was nothing at all. The prophet Jeremiah might have even tried this. Just stopping, not preaching in God's name. But he writes, If I say I will not mention him, or speak any more in his name. There is in my heart as it were a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. God's truth is as a burning fire shut up in the bones of Jeremiah. He can't hold it in. God's truth must be spoken. The lies of the people, the lies of the prophets and the sins of the people are just too much. Really, Jeremiah has no choice. He will speak the hard truth. And Israel will mock him, beat him, and imprison him. But Jeremiah will speak the truth anyway. Martin Luther, too, would speak the truth. God's truth was for him like a burning fire shut up in his bones, and he could not hold it in. So he wrote against the abuses of the Roman church. He wrote against their false prophets, against the Pope himself, and even translated the scriptures into German. Martin Luther does not quietly go away. And people start to listen. Several German princes find themselves agreeing with this reformation, and it gains momentum until the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V turns his full attention to this angry German troublemaker. It was Charles V who had declared Luther an outlaw in the first place. He is completely opposed to the Reformation, both religiously and politically. But he wants to know what these Reformers actually believe. So he holds a Diet, or a council, in the city of Augsburg. Luther is still an outlaw, so he can't actually attend but several other theologians of the Reformation go in his place. And in the days leading up to the Diet of Augsburg, headed by Philip Melanchthon, these men write down the truths that they confess. And so, 493 years ago, on this very date, June 25th, 1530, The Augsburg Confession was read in the presence of Holy Roman Emperor Charles V. The Augsburg Confession is the foundation of our Lutheran confessions that we hold today. It has the pure truth of God's word, and it lists the abuses of the Roman Church. That is not an easy thing to read right in front of a very Catholic emperor. The theologians of Augsburg, they too would speak the truth of God's word. Like Jeremiah, Luther and the theologians of the Reformation speak that hard truth. They plead that the Roman Catholic Church would repent, turn from her wickedness, and live. They were persecuted and mocked, and yet they persisted. They did not turn from their true confession. Now these men made a bold stand, but make no mistake, they did not stand alone. Jeremiah had all his friends turn against him, but he writes, But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. The Lord is with Jeremiah as a dread warrior. Like a mighty man of old, God fights for Jeremiah. The words that Jeremiah spoke were God's words. And God is right there to back his words up. Now, Jeremiah was still beaten, mocked, and imprisoned. But despite this, his persecutors could not overcome him. Because Jeremiah understood what Jesus told his disciples in our Gospel text this morning. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. The Lord was with Jeremiah as a dread warrior on the battlefield of eternity. For the Lord would vanquish evil with nails and a spear. By dying and rising again, Jesus, the Lord, the dread warrior with Jeremiah, took the power of the persecutor away. Death holds no dominion over the righteous. And this is what Jeremiah means. His persecutors can mock him, they can beat him, they could even kill him, but they would not overcome him. And neither could they overcome the theologians of the Reformation a couple thousand years later. Like Jeremiah, they couldn't keep God's truth contained. Like Jeremiah, they were persecuted. But like Jeremiah, they did not stand alone. And you, you stand in the legacy of these men. You have the pure truth of God's word, and you live in a world that doesn't want to hear it. But you will not yield. In the words of a hymn that our choir will sing this morning, Rise, ye children of salvation, all who cleave to Christ the head, Wake, arise, O mighty nation, ere the foe on Zion tread. He draws nigh and would defy all the hosts of God most high. This describes the world of today. The foe is eager to tread on Zion, eager to defy all the hosts of God, and in his way stands you. Emmanuel Lutheran Church, you are the children of salvation, and you stand shoulder to shoulder with all the churches of God throughout the world, but you do not stand alone. Saints and heroes long before us firmly on this ground have stood. See their banners waving over us, conquerors through the Savior's blood. Ground we hold whereon of old, fought the faithful and the bold. This fight that you fight is not new. This is the fight that saints and heroes have fought before us. Saints like Jeremiah, saints like Martin Luther, saints like the theologians of Augsburg. See their courage. More than that, see their victory. They have conquered through the Savior's blood. The ground that we hold today is the ground that they have won. And they did not win it alone. And neither do you hold it alone. Fighting, we shall be victorious by the blood of Christ our Lord. On our foreheads, bright and glorious, shines the witness of his word. Spear and shield on battlefield. His great name we cannot yield. Your persecutors will not overcome you. They will stumble and they will fall. You cannot yield the great name of Christ, for the Lord is with you as a dread warrior. Victory is a fact. So let the world come. Let them mock you. Let them beat you. Let them even kill you but they will not overcome you. For they can kill the body, but they cannot kill your soul. When his servants stand before him, each receiving his reward, and his saints in light adore him, giving glory to the Lord, victory our song shall be, like the thunder of the sea. Amen. And may the peace of Christ, which passes all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds steadfast in the one true faith until our Lord returns in glory. Amen.